you feel stuck, tired of wrestling with shame, insecurity, and hiding your flaws? Friend, I've been there, and it's time to come out of hiding. God wants to meet you in the middle of your big, hot mess. I'm Kimberly Stokes, and I'm on mission to help real women just like you get unstuck and meet Jesus in all the ordinary moments. I want to call you out of hiding so you can start living in increased intimacy with God. Ephesians 3.20 says God can do far more than you could ever imagine. This is the Imagine More podcast, and it's time for today's show. Hello, beautiful friend. I'm super glad you joined me for today's episode, Waiting on God. This episode is like so real to my heart because of some things I'm going through in my own life right now. And so I am teaching and talking to myself as much as I'm teaching and talking to you and waiting on God. I mean, there's so many seasons of life where we feel like we're waiting on God, right? What what comes to mind for you when you think of the word or you hear the word waiting? Waiting in line at a grocery store, waiting in line to even get into a store in the pandemic has been pretty common, waiting on God for breakthrough or for answer to prayer. And in today's world, we tend to want what we want when we want it, right? And we want it fast. If you think about it, society today, it's different even than 15 years ago, not to mention 30 years ago or even further back in our Western culture, we've become totally accustomed to instant gratification. And really, we can sometimes just feel indignant if we have to wait because we expect everything to be fast. Fast answers on the internet, fast food, fast coffee, fast pick, you know, to get the groceries at the grocery store, you can call it in or, you know, now you can just order your groceries online. You don't even have to leave your house. So we don't like waiting. But as I think about waiting on God, there's one thing that hasn't changed in the past 15 years, 30 years, or 300 years or more. And that's God's timing. Sometimes there are those and suddenly moments of miraculous healing or incredible miraculous restoration. And I'm all for those and suddenly moments. But in God's economy, it seems I oftentimes find myself in the waiting room of process. Can you relate? In some seasons, we're called to fight or contend. And then in some seasons, we're called to simply rest. In all seasons, we're called to trust God. And trust is relational. So I find myself in a season, a continued season of waiting, trusting, hoping. And then waiting, trusting, hoping some more. So to start off with, let's just be really, really honest. Waiting on God is hard. Waiting on God can get discouraging, or at least it does for me. And it requires that we lean into Him and not our emotions. It requires that we lean into his truth and promises, not what our eyes see in the natural realm. So are you in a a season of waiting right now? Are there some areas that you've been trusting God to move? Maybe you're believing for breakthrough. Maybe you're contending for a miracle or restoration in a relationship. It might be healing for yourself or your child. Maybe it's trusting God or believing him to bring your future spouse or to take you on the mission field. Whatever the circumstance, does it seem like you've been waiting for God for a long time? If that's you, sister, I just want you to know I can relate. My question for you is, have you become weary in the waiting? And I just want to start this podcast off with, I have become weary. I've been contending for breakthrough for a family member 
for maybe like 10 or 12 years, waiting, trusting. Sometimes I battle hopelessness because I'm not seeing any movement or breakthrough in their lives. And it's rough. It hurts. It's so disappointing that really I can. I can fall into hopelessness over this situation if I don't intentionally engage and trust God and stay connected to the Father. Looking at it through His lens, through His eternal perspective. So if you're tired and weary in the waiting, I just want you to know you're not alone. In today's episode, we're going to dive into God's Word and what it says about waiting, explore some of the benefits of waiting on God, and I have some practical challenges for you and for myself in the midst of the waiting. Sometimes waiting on God feels frustrating, and at times it seems useless. But the waiting really is such a part of our process because we grow in trust. We can grow in intimacy, increased faith, and in the process of all that, God's expanding our spirit. He's expanding our heart, our character, in developing us in new ways. And as we wait, we can experience new facets of God's nature, and we learn to trust His goodness and His faithfulness at deeper levels. And I think that seasons of waiting almost always carry an element of increased surrender to God. So it's like continual opportunities to release control to God and entrust our hearts and lives to the Father more fully. As we walk through the waiting process, God often exposes religious mindsets and eradicates the power that those things have over us. One religious mindset that I want to discuss today is this. If I do my part, life will be smooth and God will come through every time. And oof, this is such a religious mindset. But then something happens. Maybe we encounter the death of a loved one or we can't get pregnant or we keep having miscarriages. It could manifest in financial struggles or going around the same mountain over and over and over in your marriage. Waiting, 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 waiting for breakthrough. Waiting, waiting, waiting. And religious, religion just cries out like, this can't be happening. What, can I, what am I doing wrong? And we've probably, most of us have all been there. But there are no pat answers. There's no program. Do this and God will come through for you. I just sense the Lord wants to expose those religious mindsets. And he wants you to know just because you haven't seen breakthrough manifest yet doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. God's not a genie in a bottle. And waiting, yeah, waiting. It's often part of the process. It's part of our process. It's part of my process. And it's part of your process. And it's part of our individual relational process with the Father. So I sense God wants to remind us today that the time we spend waiting isn't lost, especially in God's eyes, because waiting and trusting are such a huge part of God's process. It's a huge part of developing relationship. So waiting on the Lord isn't easy, and waiting on the Lord oftentimes isn't fun, but waiting on the Lord is imperative and it's relational. So I want us to dive into some verses as to what God's Word says about waiting. I want to start off with Psalm 27, 14. It says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Psalm 130, verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits and in His Word I put my hope. 
Isaiah 30, verse 18. Blessed are all who wait for him. So if you're in a season of waiting, remind yourself, blessed are all who wait for him. Lamentations 3, 25 and 26 says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Another verse is Psalm 40, verse 4, which says, Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. Again, trusting in the Lord, waiting on the Lord is linked to being blessed. So I just want to say time spent in the waiting room of life's circumstances is not wasted. As we wait for breakthrough, God is at work in our hearts. He's writing his story through our lives. And part of that story includes that we're required to trust him. Relational intimacy with God can be solidified as we wait and as we trust. It really helps me to remember that in the waiting room of life, God is birthing more of himself in us. It's that in that process, it's like he's expanding our hearts, our spirits, and our emotions. For me, in my current waiting on God to move and bring like total freedom to my family member, I just am reminded to posture my heart honestly and humbly before God. And I'm just asking, make me like Jesus. Grow me, God. Enlarge my spirit. I want to think like, I want to act like, I want to feel like my father and not my enemy. And God, give me eyes to see this as you see it. So as we think about waiting, we can ask ourselves, what's the posture of my heart as I wait? If you think about waiting in line at a grocery store or just anything in the natural, waiting on your child, waiting on class to be over, waiting for, you know, whatever. We can wait in frustration. We can wait in anger. We can wait with anxiety. We can wait with dread or fear. Or we can wait in humble expectation. And I've got a really sweet story that I want to share with you that recently happened to a, a good friend of mine whose son just turned recently turned four years old. And his name is Joshua, and he's totally fresh. I wish I could all like show you a picture of him right now because you'd be like, oh my gosh, he's the cutest. And he has such a sweet spirit. But this story is about transforming robots, which to Joshua's little four-year-old heart was a really huge deal. So I asked my friend, after she told me the story, I'm like, could you write that out and email it to me? So this is the story of Joshua's experience of waiting. She wrote, several months before Joshua's birthday, we were visiting a friend of mine. As I drove together in the car, he randomly asked her if she would come to his birthday party. When she said sure, he asked if she would bring him a present. And so she said, yes, I'd be happy to. Do you have something in mind? So Joshua informed her that he would like a transforming robot. She told him that even if he forgot to invite her to his birthday, that she would still send him a transforming robot in the mail. I could tell that this was a promise she intended to keep. She acted with such grace with a small, small child who didn't know any better than to ask someone he barely knew to get him a present. So this is a friend that he's only seen a couple of times in his life, and he knows her, but she's definitely not somebody he's super close to. But from that point on, Joshua talked about transforming robots pretty much every day, about he was going to get one for his birthday, and he talked about it with such confidence. 
Whenever a package would arrive in the mail, Joshua would ask if it was his transforming robot. He would occasionally ask me the name of the person who was getting him his transforming robot because he couldn't be Bimber. <laughs> I love when little kids talk like that. He couldn't be Bimber. But he definitely didn't forget the promise that my friend made. He believed with the faith of a little child. So she said a few weeks before his birthday, we decided to make a list of the things that he would like for his birthday. He informed me that we would not need to put a transforming robot on the list. So I was kind of confused because he'd been talking about it nonstop. Now I couldn't figure out why he didn't want a transforming robot. But he was able to verbalize, we didn't need to put the transforming robot on his birthday list because somebody was already getting it for him. So after this moment... My friend says, I texted my friend to let her know that my son's entire birthday happiness was resting upon her following through on her promise. She was so glad that I reminded her about it, and she immediately went on Amazon and bought him not only one transforming robot, but a whole pack of four. So closer to his birthday, we made arrangements for her to deliver the present in person because she and her daughter wanted to see the look on Joshua's face when he opened it. He was so excited, surprised, and delighted because they came a few days before his birthday. He played with the transforming robots virtually all day, which is pretty amazing for a kid who has a hard time entertaining himself. And he still tells everyone about them. And I love that story because I think it's such a great story of faith that Joshua, this little four-year-old kid, had so much faith that his friend was going to make good on her promise. And when my friend Lisa shared this story with me, it just hit my heart like, wow, that's how God wants me to live, trusting that he will make good on all his promises. That I can like, like sweet little Joshua, just wait in eager, confident expectation, trusting that my father is on the case, waiting, trusting, and hoping in God. I think those three are so intricately linked, waiting, trusting, hoping. Psalm 33, 20-22 says, Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in Him, because we trust in His holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. In that verse, it really hits on the waiting, the trusting, the hoping. I don't know about you, but in seasons of waiting, I've made the mistake more than once to put my hope really in what I wanted God to do. In other words, my hope was in the breakthrough. My hope was in the healing or the restoration of the relationship. And it's good to look expectantly for those things, but I really think our hope is misplaced if we put our hope in the breakthrough because our hope really is to be in God alone. So like to personalize that, My hope isn't in getting the breakthrough in my marriage or in my child being set free or healed. I trust God to move and to set these things aright. But my ultimate hope is simply in God. So let's beware not to place our hope in what God can do. Like, you know, bring my husband or heal my child or bring breakthrough in our finances. But rather intentionally placing our hope in who God is. Psalm 42 says, Why are you downcast on my soul? Why are you disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him. 
David says, my soul is downcast, which means brought low. It's despairing. It's weak. It's basically bummed out, humbled, depressed. So my soul is downcast. Therefore, I will remember you. So I love David. He's one of my favorite Bible (laughs) people from the Bible. But David, he felt depressed. He felt forgotten. But he kept choosing to hope in God, not in what God could do, might do, or will do, just to hope in God, in the reality of who God is. So that encourages me in the waiting, when I'm depressed, when I'm apathetic, when I feel hopeless, my thoughts tend to zero in on myself, my child, my marriage, the situation, whatever I'm waiting on. And honestly, it's like I can get self-obsessed. I can even get kind of obsessive in praying for the situation, but it's not necessarily like praying from a place of peace. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever been there? So when I'm like that, it's super helpful for me to interrupt this cycle of my thoughts and realize, wait a minute, I'm way too focused on me or this situation. And if we begin to change our thoughts, we shift our emotions. And David, King David knew this. And he simply rehearsed, he remembered, he would remind himself who God was. And we can do the same thing. To the side of Psalm 42 in in, um, my Message Bible version, I've written a list reminding myself of who God is and focusing on this list, the nature, the goodness of God. It always brings hope and it just encourages me in like choosing to trust and anchor myself in him. Um, To the side, some of the words I wrote are, God, you are love. You're marvelous. You're gentle, victorious, amazing. God, you're glorious. You're fearless, wonderful, powerful. You're my safe place. I love that one. He's my safe place. He's kind. He's strong. He's not angry. He's forgiven. Forgiving. He's worthy of praise. He's patient. God, you're bigger than all my problems. You're greater than my fear. You're dependable. You're majestic. You're irresistible. You're full of hope. That's just to name a few. But as I intentionally fix my mind and thoughts on the nature of God, on who he is, in the midst of trouble, in the middle of waiting for breakthrough, in the midst of even the disappointment and pain, a shift occurs in my thinking where I'm focusing on myself, my lack, my hopelessness, this situation for my child or my husband, to shifting it to thinking about and meditating on the goodness of God, the incredible loving nature of my Father. And as I do that, as I shift my thinking, Suddenly that giant that I'm facing or that mountain that my child's facing isn't nearly so intimidating and isn't nearly so this incredible intimidating force compared to the inexhaustible strength, the faithfulness, and the steady nature of God. So it's like as I rehearse, remind myself and remember who God is, suddenly my heart shifts from being obsessed with my problems to being enthralled with God. Instead of focusing on myself, my issues, my husband or kids' issues, I begin to focus on God. And you know what happens? I praise Him. Because that's what happens when we gaze upon God. The message translation of Psalm 42:11 says, Why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising again. David knew if we gaze at God long enough, We can't help 
begin to praise him because he's worthy. So, my friend, in the middle of waiting on God for breakthrough, we can intentionally fix our gaze on Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1-3 says, Let us throw off everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles us. Let us run with perseverance. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. It goes on to say, Consider him who endured such opposition so you won't grow weary and lose heart. In the midst of the waiting, I know it's easy to grow weary. In the middle of the waiting for God to come through or to answer this prayer, waiting for breakthrough, it's easy to get just to lose heart and get depressed. So in the waiting, I'm challenging myself today and I'm challenging you. Consider Jesus. Gaze upon Jesus. Let's fix our eyes upon God. So challenge number one in this podcast is let's fix our gaze on Jesus. Here's the deal. We all have problems. Yep, every single one of us. And we can ruminate on our problems or we can ruminate and rejoice in who God is. And the more I grow in God, the more I learn that our ultimate hope isn't in what God can do, but simply in who he is. It reminds me of Job 13, 15. It says, though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. And basically that's a declaration of trust that no matter what shakes down, my hope is in God. Not my circumstances, not my emotions, not answered prayers, not anything else. My hope is in God alone. And yes, we contend for breakthrough. Yes, in some seasons we partner with God and he calls us to battle with him. Yes, we believe God, but there's a decision to anchor our hearts in the reality of who God is. So challenge number two, as we wait, is to firmly place our hope in God, not in the breakthrough, not in the answered prayer. I feel like there's something God wants to speak to us today in that word, yet. So in Job 13, 15, he says, Though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. And then Habakkuk 3, 16 through 19 starts off, uh, Yet I will wait patiently. So whatever you're going through, whatever I'm going through as we wait on the Lord, we can say today, yet I will hope in him. Yet. I will wait patiently on him. In fact, let's just do that right now. Let's just say it. God, yet I will hope in you. Yet I will wait patiently for you. And the rest of that verse in Habakkuk says, Though the fig tree doesn't bud and there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. So basically it's saying, though Everything in my life is going to crap. (laughs) I mean, you know, think about it. This was their economy. This was their food. This was everything they depend on for their livelihood. Though this isn't happening, though this isn't happening, though this isn't happening, he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. So today, let's just say, God, no matter what happens, I choose to say, yet I will hope in you. Yet I will wait patiently on you, God. And yet I will rejoice in you, God. Isaiah 49, 23 says, Then you will know that I am the Lord, and those who hope in me will not be disappointed. 
So at the end of the day, friend, our ultimate hope is simply anchoring ourselves in and resting in the Lord. I I realize that some seasons of waiting are super long, like years and years. And in those seasons, it can feel like we're walking in the dark. We can truly feel so lost. I remember feeling like that so strongly after my best friend Stephanie Stephanie died instantly in a car crash. And it just felt like I was walking through a deep darkness for at least two years. And it was in that season that God highlighted Isaiah 50 verse 10 to me. And it says, Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. And it's like God is saying to us in those dark seasons, Take my hand. Trust me. Rely on me to lead you through this darkness. And that verse always reminds me of like a dark, dark hotel room that has those super awesome darkening shades, you know, where it's so dark you could like in the middle of the night put your hand in front of your face and not even see it. But if you awaken in a hotel room like that that's super dark in the middle of the night and you need to get up and go to the bathroom and you don't want to wake up your husband and turn on the light, it's so unfamiliar, right? And you're like trying to, how many steps to the bathroom? You know, where's the wall? I don't want to run into the dresser snag my toe on something so in those dark seasons where we feel lost waiting on God he just calls us take his hand trust him rely on him letting him lead us through the darkness my friend I want to encourage you today waiting on God is relational it's taking God's hand it's trusting that he can and that he will lead us through to the other side my friend shared, uh, Sherry shared a word with me recently that she'd gotten from the Lord a while back, but it just, there was so much life on it. And she said, waiting gives you vision. Waiting is an essential for growth. You can't grow a massive tree in a year. It takes time. The growth you're gaining is vital for your sustainability in your future. You must grow in a particular way in a certain time to produce the right fruit and to sustain life. The recipe for waiting is waiting plus faith plus obedience equals long life. And I love that example because trees grow, but it's a long-term process, right? There's wind, there's rain, there's sunshine, there's lots of storms to endure. But all the while, the roots are going deeper. They're growing beneath the surface. And the tree is strengthened, and over time it grows. And you and I are like trees. We're in process, We're growing, and it's a deep work. So friend, are you in a season of waiting right now? And if so, have you, like me, become weary in that process? If you have, I just want to say, I can relate. But here's my challenge number three as we wait. I encourage you to give all your hurt, take all your disappointment, and give it to the Father. Like, lay it honestly before him like a gift or an offering. Let him meet you in the middle of your mess, in the middle of your anger, in the middle of your hurt, your disappointment, your betrayal, whatever. Just get honest with him and get honest with yourself. And this is something that I do regularly with God because it keeps my heart honestly postured before him. When our hearts are hurt... And we're exhausted and just feel spent from waiting and not seeing the breakthrough, not seeing the answered prayer. 
it can get really depressing. So be honest with God and honest with yourself. And I think for me at least, if I don't do that and keep my heart honestly postured before him, I tend to even unintentionally pull my heart back somewhat from God. So releasing that pain to God is an offering. It keeps me in like this authentic, real relationship with God. So I can honestly acknowledge deal with the disappointment, deal with the feelings of hopelessness, release it to him and receive from him, not succumbing to that hopelessness. It's like, just I encourage you and challenge you. It's like opening up and inviting God into all those really raw, vulnerable, disappointed places. And then letting him breathe his life, his perspective, his hope over our heart, over our spirit, over our emotions. And really, that's where intimacy grows. It's in that rub. When it's difficult and we don't understand, being honest with God, humbling ourselves before Him, and just letting Him speak, letting Him breathe into those hopeless places, to the broken places, to the disappointed places that are really deep in our heart. I have a good friend who's been contending and waiting for breakthrough for like, I think, 14 years in her marriage. It's been such a long road and it's been, it's a journey of faith, but honestly, it's been filled with disappointment in the midst of the waiting. But the endurance that I've seen and the growth that I've seen in her, it really is astonishing. So she and I both, with our issues of waiting, we have to be mindful to not make the issue that we're waiting for breakthrough on our focus. Because if we do, we drown in a sea of hopelessness. But if, as I wait, I make God my focus, I end up growing. And I end up learning to swim in the treacherous waters of life. He is building spiritual muscle in us in those deep waters. He wants to increase our trust. And friend, he wants to grow us to be more like Jesus. Even when we don't understand, even when we don't see God's purposes or his plan in the midst of the waiting. I know it can be hard and I know it can be discouraging. And I really want to encourage you. The enemy knows that too. And he wants to take that and he wants to spin you like a top into a spiral of despair. So we've got to intentionally navigate through the waiting relationally with Jesus. In the waiting room of life, God is birthing more of himself in us as we wait, as we trust, and as we hope in him. Remember, there are no pat answers. There's no, do this and God will come through for you. And just because you're still waiting doesn't mean you've done something wrong. Let him expose those religious mindsets and get you free from those. I just want to tell you, I think you're where you're supposed to be today in relationship with an amazing God who loves you more than you can fathom. He's worth the wait. And he himself is our hope. He's our ultimate prize. I want to pray for you today, my friend. Father, I I just invite you to meet my friend where she is today. God, you know her. You know what she's waiting on. You know what she's trusting you to bring about. And I just declare your faithfulness over her, over her life, over her destiny, over her marriage, over her children. I speak your hope to her spirit, to her mind, and to her emotions today. God, I thank you that as she waits, 
You are birthing more of your spirit in and through her. God, I thank you that you meet her and you meet me in the middle of our disappointment. That you break off all hopelessness that tries to attach itself to her. God, I declare that you are greater than every giant that she's up against. You're greater than every mountain that she faces. And we just declare today, God, that our hope is in you. Just tell him that, God, my hope is in you. As we walk through the darkness, as we walk through this disappointment, God, we purpose to trust in you and to rely on you, Jesus. We take your hand and we just say, we trust you, God. We love you. We're going to rely on you. Lord, I pray that we'll be more like Joshua as he confidently waited on his transforming robots. God, may we humbly and confidently wait upon you. Yeah, I just pray this and ask this all. Jesus, I pray it in your mighty name. Amen. In closing, let's remember, in some seasons we're called to fight. We're called to contend for breakthrough. In some seasons we're simply called to rest. But in all seasons we're called to trust God. And trust is relational. Waiting on God is a relational process. Well, my friend, that's a wrap for today's episode. Please know that I'm for you and I'm I'm rooting for you. I believe in you. And more importantly, remember that God is for you and he's with you. Let's lean into his nearness today. I'm sending you hugs and lots of love. Until next time. Friend, I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Imagine More podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Kimberly K. Stokes. And check out our blog and online resources at imaginemoreministries.org. You can hit subscribe to join the Imagine More community. We're in the process of developing practical new resources to help women live in the fullness of Christ. I'm glad we're on the journey together.